0: Vape tricks.
1: Things about to die though. The button has like collapsed and I have to squeeze the shit out of it for it to work. I'm afraid Welcome. it's gonna light on. Fire. Sounds like yeah. my shop problems shop. in my, uh, uh, the bedroom.
2: Watch, right God, that was so
1: funny. <laughs> <laughs> what, what
3: and then I just lay the paddle over my lap. Quit
1: talking about it. <laughs> and then I just let him do all the work and I just lean back. <laughs> There's our, there's our banter. That was so funny. Was that recording? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Uh, well, this is not a Chop Shop Confessions podcast. Welcome to Season now. 7, Episode 20 of Cinema Chop Shop. That was probably the most eventful thing that happened this week anyway. Yeah, yeah. not much else uh, happened. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen, so why shouldn't movie buffs like us. decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Children of the Corn Travelation,
0: uh-huh. a.k.a. Marshall Travelwhite, a.k.a. Branch
1: Travidian. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that last yeah. one's excellent. Uh, and I am joined, as always, here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, sean Panic, <laughs> a.k.a. The Perfect Sean, a.k.a. Sean's Upon a Time in Hollywood. We are also extremely excited to welcome back to the show Chop Shop Regulator, Children of the Corn, <laughs> <laughs> aka Chel Sound of My Voice, aka Chelter Skelter. Ooh. Ooh. And we are extremely excited to welcome back in his triumphant return to the fold, Joe's Mary's Baby, <laughs> <laughs> aka Joe Haven Farm, aka. The Joe's Town Massacre. <laughs> oh, wow. <well.
3: laughs>
1: Further description of the show, the tagline at the top says, Watch, chop, retrofit, because essentially, that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we convert them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture.
3: They must be sacrificed.
1: This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny, ha, 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 ha. and sometimes <laughs> oh, we succeed, which is going to go ahead and, uh, well, first, thank you guys both for being here, thank and Sean, you for thank, you for you for, thank you for hosting us as usual, uh, bringing us into movie news. This is where, throughout the week, we try to pay attention to stories that pertain to the world of cinema, the world of remakes, and our show in particular stories that our listeners might find interesting as well. And we do have to start it off with an RIP. Um, I wasn't super aware of this actress, but apparently award-winning Japanese actress Yuko Takeuchi has been found dead in her Tokyo home at the age of 40 and from an apparent suicide. Mm-hmm. So rest in peace and rest in power to her. Next, uh, this, is, this was some good news that happened this week. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen filmed Borat 2 when no one was paying attention. <laughs> and the sequel's title is reportedly, Borat, Gift of Pornographic Monkey to Vice Premier Michael Pence to Make Benefit <laughs> Recently Diminished Nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Next, uh, Zendaya. Did I say it right? I think so. Zendaya is in talks to play Ronnie Spector in A24's Be My Baby autobiography. So Ronnie Spector can we elaborate on that do you guys yeah. know who ronnie specter yeah. is yeah. who is that be my be my baby be my and so baby. ronnie specter is still with us and it's an autobiography is that i don't know hmm okay it might hey, just be it might a, just be a misleading headline it, it's
0: a24 so fake news it's gonna be
1: good <laughs> sony pictures television nabs ray parker jr documentary what do you think it's gonna be called who are you gonna call who are you gonna call Uh, First look, Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And this apparently was the last movie that Chadwick Boseman filmed. And where did they do this? Pittsburgh. And it was apparently pretty low key. Yeah. Uh, Didn't make a lot of headlines, even right after his death. You would think that right after his death, people would... Um, but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Be <laughs> rushing to be like, yeah, there's one more, guys. Let's jump on it. Or maybe that was deliberate and strategic. Uh, next, we've got a bizarre story. Uh, Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro in Spider-Man 3. So you you posed a, a query about this. Well, it's,
0: it's just bizarre because Jamie Foxx played Electro in the Spider-Man reboot, 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 whichever one prior to the the uh, Tomas Holland series. Yes. So you have an actor and character from one franchise jumping into another.
1: In the same character. In the same character. And so. y- it also wasn't very successful the first time. Right? Oh, it was awful. It, it, was, it was not well received. Yeah, so it really makes me wonder why. Hmm. Next, the story, this story is hot off the presses and Chelsea's bringing it to us right now.
3: Somebody sucker punched Rick Moranis. Who does
2: that?
1: Do you think it's like the new form of the knockout game, except only when you see retired celebrities? (laughs) There's
2: that motherfucker that shrunk his kids. (laughs) Get
3: him! No, I'm not okay with this.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely not cool. Whoever did that was a hoser. Finally, uh, this is going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. Uh, The star of Home Alone and Ghosts Can't Do It, winner, winner of a Razzie Award for that film, Uh, had three major news stories this week. Uh, First, his tax returns or information about his tax returns were made public. Also, uh, the presidential debate happened, and that was a total shit show. And then approximately 30 hours later, (laughs) we find out that after repeatedly downplaying the dangers of the coronavirus, And making fun of his colleagues for wearing masks, the shithead-in-chief, Donald Trump, has been diagnosed with coronavirus, has tested positive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as of this recording, he's being rushed to Walter Reed Medical Center uh, in an abundance of caution. So that is the week that happened. Didn't have anything to do with reality TV, though. Uh, so that's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. And that brings us to the theme of the episode. Am I right that this is the first week in our October horror series? Yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we're going to be talking about cult movies and I want to be very specific here. We're talking about movies about cults. The subject matter of the movies is cult or cult-like behavior. Um, not, Not movies
2: that have a cult following.
1: Correct. Thank you. Uh, we're probably still going to call the episode cult movies. Just be aware. <laughs> and that might get us some extra downloads. It actually. might. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I've got a little bit well, of information. One
2: of the two that we're recasting certainly. It builds, it checks both, both boxes. Yeah, yeah. A
1: lot of them do. In fact, I saw some articles that were uh, titled like 10 uh, cult movies about cults or things like that. Got it. All right, so this, is, this description is written by Samuel Wigley from BFI, British uh, And I'm just going to go through it quickly. In the current popularity of stuff like Hereditary, Netflix, Wild, Wild Country, and The Endless, teaching us anything, it is that sects sell. <laughs> that's his, that's <laughs> his <laughs> joke. Uh, satanic cults have provided staple horror movie nemesis. Nemesis, since at least 1934's The Black Cat, featuring Boris Karloff, as a crazed occultist bent on human sacrifice. But their numbers really began to multiply on screen in the late 60s and 70s with the, cultural, with the cultural turn towards witchiness and occult themes that characterized the hangover of the hippie era. Two 1968 films, Rosemary's Baby and The Devil Rides Out, pointed the way. Meanwhile, back in the real world, things were getting even weirder peace love and the countercultural dra- countercultural dream and drama of communal living revealed their nightmare side with the Manson family, brainwashing, doomsday pros- prophecies, narcissistic leaders, cults provide a heady brew that filmmakers continue to dish up by the ladleful. <laughs> <laughs> a ladleful, yes. I get it. So, uh thoughts on this, Sean in particular? Yeah,
0: I, in reviewing like the list of like top cult uh, movies i've seen over half of them i think of most of the ones i looked at and then the ones that i've watched this week i was like these are great i have a thing for movies about cults i really enjoy them
1: was it last year's scary movie night where i dressed as jim jones was it last year or the year before it, no, might have been the it year was before. the year before what was that last year
3: you were dwight
1: Oh, I was Dwight Schrute. That's right. You
3: were so mean to me.
1: <laughs> um, I was in character. But yeah, the Jim Jones ear was good. Um, and I carried around that microphone. And I was like, yes, when, because I'm, when was... I'm in character, I would use the microphone. And when I was out of character, I wouldn't use the microphone.
3: That was my first scary movie night.
1: Nice. And it, it was scary, wasn't it? It was very scary. And so, your thoughts on this subgenre, Chelsea?
3: Uh, so, I have a strange connection to a cult and i might i might have said it on here before okay um so when i moved recently i was going through photos and uh i found this photo of my dad and i i was like what the crap this guy looks really familiar who is this who is this my cousin came to visit and she was like oh yeah that was the time that your dad was hanging out with charles manson Mm -mm. and i was like oh god this is so gross i hate this
1: damn him and dennis wilson huh yep that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, can we say, and if we can't, uh, can we say that former guest Conan the Librarian has a uh, some something of a history of in this subject?
0: Yeah, I think it's fair to say because he talks pretty freely about it. Mm-hmm. His family was involved in a cult.
1: Do we know what one? No, I don't. I don't think it had a name. It oh, was wow. just a very small. Cult. It that, was just like a. It was just like a guttural noise. It was just like, <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> and Joey, bringing it around to you, what are your thoughts I, on this?
2: I, I had a similar experience to Sean. I realized I had seen a lot of movies mm-hmm. uh, in this subgenre, and I think I'm attracted to them because I'm. Not, well, I, I didn't grow up in a cult or right. anything, but like I do feel like I'm sort of recovering from religion. Yeah. In a lot of ways, because mm-hmm. my parents were, you know, very fundamentalist, like Southern Baptist and whatnot. So I think I've always been kind of attracted to this sub subgenre because of that herd mentality exactly that drive toward assimilation and everything i would argue it really that really taps into something like that scares the shit out of me from yep. you know way back
1: i would argue that you were and still are in a cult of personality <laughs> <laughs> cult. wow yes Let's go ahead and move it into the Midnight Double feature. And this is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two films that are within our subject at hand and how they're related to each other, why they make, might make a good double feature. And Chelsea, I can see that you are dying to talk about yours.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to talk a lot about it uh-huh. because I'm not going not gonna to give spoilers. Okay. Um, I'm going to pair 2004's The Village with 2020's antebellum
1: oh wow um oh i can see i can see the correlation bryce, there
3: bryce dallas howard totally stands out in the village mm-hmm. i could not take my eyes off of her same thing with um, joaquin phoenix no janelle Monet in okay. antebellum okay um yeah there's some crazy twists and they they fit together but i'm not giving anything away
0: i like it sean over to you um i'm gonna go with uh, two cult films involving Female characters uh, getting out of cults, and the first is one that you suggested I watch, and yes. I did. It's Martha
1: Marcy May Marlene. Starring I fucking love this. Movie. Elizabeth Olsen. I know and why, it's, and it's not just because Elizabeth Olsen's it's... in it. I think that the, I think that the whole premise is really interesting because there's a lot of movies about what happens in the cult. <clears throat> this is about what happens after. I really love the duality of time in this film, mm-hmm. jumping back and forth,
0: showing the. The shit in cults that we all hear about on the news and the crazy weird practices and things and the loneliness, the alienation involved in getting out of a cult and trying to integrate with society and you just never fit in and her time with her sister and her sister's fiance slash husband or whatever, just as cult like. She can't talk about it. She can't inter- she can't interact with them like normal people. And it was kind of a byproduct of getting out of the cult. But at the same time, she never broached the subject of, I was in a cult. Right. So it's it's a very lonely, empty feeling kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. Nice.
3: I watched it and it made me feel the exact same way that Annie Aria did. I needed to be around people. Um, uh, there oh, was alcohol.
0: That's also a cult movie. Yes, it, it is. is
3: but just that dark mm-hmm. void was oh so, so i'm
0: so I'm going to follow that up with one that we talked about just recently on on Mo- movie marathon okay uh the other lamb yes 2019 uh, starring uh Raffy Cassidy and uh Michael Husman and this one's more in the cult and this is kind of a sex cult really i mean yeah. they're out in the woods and Michael Husman has his run of all the bitches and this girl's trying to get out and desperately, so at great risk to herself. And so it's almost like um, two different stages of escaping. Yes, that exactly. Life. Where Elizabeth Olson had kind of planned her, planned her escape, but it all seemed really easy. She just kind of just walked off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas this one, she had to really kind of struggle with it and then make that hard decision. Of what to do and uh,
1: can't give away the ending. Joey, what are you doing for your double feature?
2: I have two. I'm breaking form a little bit, okay. uh, especially when it comes to like horror and horror adjacent stuff. I tend to go with kind of cult classic movies. Yeah. Get it. Um, <laughs> but I'm going with two contemporary ones. These are two of my uh, favorite contemporary horror movies. Uh, one, I believe, is a Netflix original. That's where it certainly debuted in the US. Uh, 2017, The Ritual. David Bruckner movie Um, Quietly No one really talks about this one But it's one of my favorite contemporary horror movies Was it set in New Zealand? It's it's set in uh, It's a British movie uh, Four British pals Who have recently had A uh, Lost a friend to an act of violence For which one of them is feeling some guilt Which plays into the movie They go backpacking in uh, either Norway or Sweden. And they run into a backwoods cult uh, (laughs) that worships the old uh, Scandinavian gods. uh, And it is fucking creepy. It was scary (laughs) as shit, Yeah, Um, Right before...
1: our bar manager left on his backpacking trip in New Zealand. I asked him if he had seen this movie. He's like, fuck yes, I watched it last night and I'm
2: scared as <laughs> hell. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that experience where I'm like a jaded horror veteran and uh-huh. I don't really get scared much anymore, but this yeah. movie did, it, I found it unsettling. Right on. Uh, and I paired it with one that's um, a little bit more understated. I wouldn't call this one horror, but it is, like I said earlier, horror adjacent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is also from 2017. Uh, it's directed by, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who Correct. are a directorial team, and it is the Endless, and yes, sir. two brothers sort of get sucked back into a UFO cult that they grew up in. Yeah, sort of a idealistic hippie sort of vibe, and nothing turns out exactly like it seems. Yeah,
1: uh, so. I'm going to piggyback on that because that was one of my picks mm-hmm. for the double
2: feature as well. So
1: um, for The Endless, like you said, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, they also play the two leads. Yeah. And uh, two brothers receive a cryptic video message inspiring them to revisit the UFO death cult they escaped a decade earlier. Hoping to find the closure they couldn't find as young men, they're forced to re- excuse me reconsider the cult's beliefs when confronted with unexplainable phenomena surrounding the camp with unexplainable phenomenon surrounding the camp and uh yeah i enjoyed it too and i agree with you that it was kind of understated it was Mm -hmm. like it was like an indie film uh about a cult so i'm gonna pair that with a movie directed by ty west who also did house of the devil and the brood um it's called the sacrament from 2013 And it was also written by Ty West with Eli Roth. Eli Eli Roth co-wrote the screenplay. We've got 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. A A news team trails a man as he travels into the world of Eden Parish to find his missing sister, where it becomes apparent that this paradise may not be as it seems. Found footage reveals the events surrounding the team's visit to a remote commune led by a dangerous fanatic who maintains an iron grip on his followers so uh, I've seen this one as well the um, the main character is definitely inspired by Jim Jones and both of these films I think are expired inspired by Jonestown and the Heavens Gate cult so that's my double feature I'm gonna say recommends on both of mine uh,
2: definitely on mine yeah. yeah mine too
1: same for me yeah recommends all around. <clears throat> All right. Are we ready for our feature segment? Yes. Okay. This is the recast. And this is where we take a film that is within our category at hand. <laughs> and we hypothetically recast a few of the lead actors with contemporary actors who are at the height of their newfound powers. Opening the third eye. There you oh, go. Oh, goodness. Uh, so the movie is... Manos, the hands of fate. (laughs) And I'm saying it with the uh, correct Spanish pronunciation of Manos. But I think that at times in the film, they go back and forth, uh, which is completely on par with the quality of this movie. Uh, It has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, the elusive zero. And it was directed by Harold P. Warren, or Hal Warren, as he was sometimes known, on a bet kind of as a goof. He was drinking with another filmmaker in a bar and they were talking about filmmaking. And he says, oh, horror movies aren't that hard to make. I could make one all by myself. And that's pretty much what he did with no budget. Uh, A family on a road
2: trip... I think it's arguable whether he completed the terms of that better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A family on a road trip take a wrong turn in
1: Texas and become trapped at a strange lodge inhabited by a polygamous pagan cult. They soon find themselves in the middle of a sacrificial offering to their God.
2: I want to add that it is the most boring polygamous satanic cult I've ever seen on film. So when I, and first, that's not something that you'd think is boring.
1: When I first read this description, the word that they used was polygamous, uh, G Y N. So that's where there's one male figure and several wives. Um, so yeah, those the wives were actually not actresses; they were hired from a modeling agency. Um,
3: <laughs> they can really throw yeah. down, though. Yeah, the oh the God.
1: bizarre <laughs> wrestling scene on the sands. Right. <laughs> um, what else? Okay. what else is crazy. Right, here about we this? go.
0: This this movie has been riffed by MST3K, uh-huh. Cinematic Titanic, and riff tracks. They've done it all, and it has
1: gained fame thanks to the. the uh, riffing that it has received Um, over the years. Um, And it's considered to be one of the worst films ever made. It's awful. And it
0: it stars one of the worst movie monsters ever in Torgo, the man with
2: the enlarged knees. And He just
3: stuffed your pillows in his pants.
2: (laughs) But uh, it's not awful in like any... Like Plan 9 from Outer Space, like the Ed Wood stuff is like yeah. flamboyantly bad and it's fun. Not. It's just tedious. It's tedious. It has no direction. That it has a 10 awful. to 15
1: minute scene of them driving around. Now I read and that they were actually supposed to put the opening credits over that scene and just either forgot or oh ran out of money. <sighs> so I'm going into this, and I don't want to jump the gun on the recast because we
0: still have to talk about who we're casting, but... Um, I'm going into this with the idea that there is a nugget of a movie in here somewhere. And okay. that is a, a house that appears out of nowhere, even though they repeatedly say there's nothing up that road. And that there is this long history of the Torgo, who is the protector of the mm. cult. And the fact that this cult is an insidious sacrifice cult with all of these women that are constantly being lured into this uh, group group. And so I think that there's there's a movie in there somewhere. It could be really massaged into something kind of sinister. But as it stands, it's a piece of shit. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so my only recommendation, if you don't watch the um, MST3K, turn on the subtitles.
1: Oh, because they're funny, right?
3: They're hilarious. What did
1: they call Torgo?
3: Target, Fargo.
1: <laughs> Hugo. <laughs> Yeah. Key Largo. And then,
3: um, Montego, when they would Montego. pronounce Manos like I just did, mm-hmm. it would come up as Motto.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> good. That was great. Let's see what else?
0: There, there's some other big gaffes in the film. The young girl, um, the, seven, daughter. the daughter, seven years old, uh, biffed some of her lines. So they obviously got an adult woman to. Where's
1: yeah. Well, they, they did all of the audio in post. They couldn't yeah. afford dual recording, so they did. Awful. They dubbed over everybody's lines, and it wasn't necessarily even the same actors, like oh, you're no, saying, obvious. who did that. Um, all right, let's get into it. All right, so once again, Manos, The Hands of Fate, directed by Hal Warren, who was really into hand stuff. We've got him <laughs> playing Michael. Uh, he was 43 at the time. His young bride, Margaret, who's 22 at the time, in real life, I don't know that they necessarily talk about her age in the movie, uh, which is good because I kind of threw age out the window with my recast today. Oh, me too. Then we've got their daughter, Debbie, who was seven at the time. And then Torgo, played by John Reynolds. We do need to mention that uh, the rest of the cast and crew recall that he was uh, intoxicated on LSD throughout the shoot. And... Unfortunately, he blew his brains out with a shotgun a few months before this film came out. Finally, we've got The Master, played by Tom Neiman, 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 Mm -hmm. Neiman. uh, who was 31 at the time. Sound about right? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. First up, Chelsea, who's going to be your Michael?
3: Uh, I have themes.
1: All right. Sounds good.
3: So my Michael... Was in Scream, Scream 2, Never Been Kissed, Eight-Legged Freaks. I went with David Arquette.
1: Okay. Interesting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. I'm wondering where you're going with this. All right, go ahead. All right, so keeping in mind, I'm trying
0: to make this into somewhat of a serious, creepy movie. Series. Serious Sean. Yeah, that's me. Um, this actor is um, 35 years old, and he's from Lubbock, Texas, so he's local to mm-hmm. the uh, backdrop um, he was in The Covenant. Um, he was in Gossip Girl. He was in uh, What to Expect When You're Expecting. And most people will know him as The Deep on
1: the TV series The Boys. I went with Chase Crawford. Oh, that's oh okay. Nice, dude. Uh, what to ex- Expect When You're Expecting a Mass
2: Suicide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey, who was your pick for... Michael, I have a theme too. So I, I thought when I was thinking about this movie, I thought that this movie is in some ways kind of unremakeable. And if you tried to make a serious movie out of it, you would have to add so much to the flimsy story, which as Sean pointed out, does have the skeleton of a good story, but you'd have to fluff it up so much that it would become some other movie. Right. right. Uh, so I'm going in a completely Different direction. Um, My version of Manos, The Hands of Fate, is going to be a hip-hop musical. Nice. Oh, I love it. Um, And the uh, father, Michael, is going to be played by uh, the Illmatic himself, Nas. Nas. (laughs) That's great. Anytime you talk to to a white dude around my age and you start talking about who the best rapper of all time is, nine out of ten times they're going to say Nas. My pick for Michael is, I'm not going to tell you all my theme until the end,
1: um he's 45 now he was in boiler room lost in translation and saving private ryan his name is giovanni ribisi nice Mm
3: -hmm. i think we have the same i like
1: ribisi uh then we've got margaret the young wife 22 the actress was diane marie i'm gonna say marie it's m-a-h-r-e-e uh take it up with me on twitter and who did you pick for this role? Chelsea.
3: Uh, She was in Eurotrip, mm-hmm. Smallville, mm-hmm. Um, Street Fighter. Gross. Um, I went with Kristen Karuk? Karuk. Kristen Karuk. She played Lana Lane on Smallville.
1: All right. Who is your Margaret, Sean?
0: All right. So I went with the, uh, a... Actress who I think would belong in, in a cult. Uh, she was in Miss Peregrine's <laughs> Home for Peculiar Children. Uh, mm-hmm. She was in uh, Wildlike, Never Let Me Go, which sounds like a cult movie. Does. Uh, she but is, it wasn't. She's in post-production for Army of the Dead. And uh, her most popular is a, sh- a run on a TV series called Sweet Bitter on stars.
1: Her name is Ella Purnell. Yeah. Yeah, she was good in um, Peculiar... Whatever. Miss mm-hmm.
2: Peregrine. Miss Peregrine. Joey? Well, okay. So again, my version of is The Hands of Fate, is a hip-hop musical. Uh-huh. Uh, married to Nas in this uh, version of the movie is uh, Miss Lauren Hill herself. Nice, <laughs> nice oh, I dude. love it. Uh, I think
1: that Rohan Marley might have something <laughs> to say about that. All right. It's on me. My Margaret is... 38 now. She's quite a bit older, but I think it's more age appropriate. Yes. And so she is from a a little TV show. Not a lot of people watched it called Mad Men. (laughs) And she's also on or in the movie Us, the Jordan Peele movie Us. She was in The Invisible Man and very appropriately The Handmaid's Tale. Her name is Elizabeth Moss.
3: I have your theme.
1: And next up, we've got Debbie, the child, not the man, (laughs) the man, not the child, Um, who was played by Jackie Neiman. And she was the only person on the cast who actually got paid. And she got paid with the Doberman. And then the Doberman (laughs) got paid with dog food. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my. my. And so uh, Debbie... Like I said, seven-year-old Debbie. Who did you pick for this, Chelsea?
3: Um, so obviously not super well known, but she was in Black Is King, a Disney movie or mm-hmm. something, and then she's been in a bunch of like documentaries about Beyonce and Jay Z. Because I went with Blue Ivy Carter.
1: Ooh, that's some Illuminati shit right there, Sean. Who did you go with for Debbie? All right, I hate casting young
0: young children because yeah, the body of work is very small, and of course, my first gut was to go with the girl from uh uh, uh what's the the film in uh orlando florida the the Florida project the Florida project Duh. um so anyway, I went with a, an actress who has one credit to her name, and I only picked her because of this one credit because it's exciting news uh there's a pilot that's going to premiere on the peacock app and it stars one uh Freddie Prince jr. Paired with one Soleil Moonfry, hmm. it's Punky Brewster. Uh-uh. They're rebooting Punky Brewster as an <laughs> wow. adult, wow. and I'm so excited. But so, <laughs> but the actress, okay. she's their youngest daughter in the show. Her name is Quinn Copeland. Okay. So there we go. I, I just want to talk a about it. For
1: second, I thought you were recasting <laughs> Punky Brewster no, no. or Soleil <laughs> Moonfry. Right. I just wanted to talk about it because I think it's really funny that they're rebooting. That, that. is. That's hilarious, and I'm kind of on
2: board. Yeah. So, Joey, who's your Debbie? Well, again, my hip hop musical, uh, The Child of Nas and Lauren Hill is going to be played by Catch Me Outside, How About That, Uh Bad Baby. (laughs) She's obviously going to be a little older in this version, so she's going to still throw a tantrum or two, though.
3: That's amazing.
2: Right on. Okay, well, my my Debbie, um,
1: I'll see your one credit, Sean, and I'll raise you zero credits because she's not an actress. But she has pedigree. She's like 13 or 14 now. We're not sure. Her name's Suri Cruz. Oh, nice. Suri Cruz, daughter of Katie Holmes. Well, that's got a cult tie there. So we got the next one up is Torgo. Yes. Torgo, played by John Reynolds, 25 at the time. He seemed older than 25, I thought. Yeah. And Chelsea, who was your pick for Torgo? Ah,
3: uh, so my actor was in uh, The Joker, The Village, mm-hmm. and you know I found out that he was in a little little movie called Space Camp. I went mm-hmm. with Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Leaf. Oh, did you? This is movie news too. Did you hear that he and his wife decided to name their newborn son River, River? after in honor Aww. of his late brother? But
3: you know who his wife is, right? Rooney
1: Mara. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Or is it Mara Rooney? Which one is it? So Sean, who's your Torgo?
0: All right. So uh, again, this is trying to make this into a better film. Uh, Went with a 26-year-old actor. I wanted someone who's not as comical as Torgo. I want something who's like someone who's kind of like the uh, the doorman, the butler, the very Uh gothy, gaunt kind of thing. Call back to a long ago episode about uh, Lovecraft episode. Uh, He was the voice of Norman on Paranorman.
1: Lovecraft's Noodly Appendages was the episode you're talking about.
0: Um, He was uh, in X-Men Apocalypse. He was in The Road Mm. as the boy. Oh, what? He was in Let Me In. As the boy. As a really good horror flick that was a remake of a Swedish horror flick, Let Let the the Right right One In. in. I went
1: with Cody Smith McPhee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good, dude. He's kind of creepy. Yeah, he is. He's the Slender Man.
2: Yeah. Joey, Torgo, what's up? So again, my hip hop musical version of Manos to Hands of Fate. Torgo, it's gonna be played by Action Bronson. Action
1: Bronson. <laughs> I saw him. I saw him perform uh, last week as part of the Bonnaroo live stream, and he did all right on some songs, but some some of them he really fucked up. And he's like, "Sorry, y'all. It's been like a year since I performed." <laughs> and then he just keep going. But he did some. He did some okay stuff. He lost a bunch of weight too.
2: Which is interesting. We'll we'll have to pad his knees then.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my actor who's going to play Torgo, uh, he's 50 now. He's twice as old as uh, John Reynolds was because he didn't shoot himself in the head with a shotgun. Uh, His resume includes Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel. And my name is Earl. His name is Jason Lee. Jason Lee is going to be my tour guide. I like it. We've got one more role. We've got the master, uh, the clownishly not scary uh, master, oh. and he was played by Tom Neiman, who was thirty-one at the time. Chelsea, who were you thinking about for this?
3: Dear God, I hope we have the same person. Okay. Uh, my actor was in Top Gun. Uh huh. His name is Tom.
1: It's How Tom. old is he? I don't know. It's like fifty-eight.
3: Tom Cruise.
1: The Color of Money. Interview with a Vampire. I also went with Tom, <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> and my theme Scientologists. All of my uh, performers are what's, Scientologists. What's mine? They're they've they've all got a relationship to a cult. They do. Okay. Um,
3: do you want to know which ones?
1: Well, one of them is. The, oh, what was it? The Tom children Cruise, of Children of Power or something. Children of God. Children was, of God.
3: Was um the Joaquin. Movies. Yeah. And then Illuminati with blue Ivy. Yes. And then David Arquette. They were in something called Sky Mount. It's ah. like um but it's like it's some weird exercise, like mm-hmm. yoga y type thing, but they all live in like seclusion and isolation. But it's all about like dancing and jumping and it's mm. really it's really strange
1: whirling dervishes I bet they
2: really love footloose <laughs> yes.
3: oh and then kristen was in um nexium
1: oh yeah. she got right. pulled in with
3: allison mack
1: yep sean who is going to be your master
0: all right this guy is 51 years old um and my, like i said my plot is that he's kind of endless at this point he's just like this the ageless endless. man like an ageless man you know because mm-hmm. he lives on another plane of reality, in this house that appears and reappears, um, he was in Duckman. Okay. Oh wow. He was in The Running Man. Uh, he was in. Uh, okay. According to Jim, he was on a TV series called Normal Life. It's Dweezil Zappa. No, I gave,
1: I gave him the mustache. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Son of Frank Zappa, yes. and brother of Amit and Moon Unit. Um, yeah, I can
2: totally see it, dude nice all right so joey rounding out my hip-hop musical version of Manos Manos, the hands of fate as our cult leader of the master is snoop Dogg.
1: <laughs> i think you win that one man i, I love it if i'm in charge then you win i cannot give this a sincere recommend i can't either it's awful it's real even
2: bad. the riff tracks and mstk 3000 versions are nigh unwatchable they're struggling for material it's yeah just, i read just that as well like the mystery bad.
1: science theater guys um the robots the who i can't remember crow and tom yeah. yes they were like Getting uh, devastated because the movie was so bad they couldn't even do their normal riffs.
0: And it's only like an hour and five minutes long.
3: It Feels like six hours. And if you count, I mean, there's the,
1: like fifteen minutes of story. The driving really. scenes, if you if you take those out,
3: that's like five and a half and hours. And the couple right there.
1: and the couple making out in the convertible for no reason,
3: wearing the same clothes.
1: They wait. They were oh, wearing the same clothes oh, as each other. Oh, and the the guy had a wedding band on. Yes. Oh. yes. Yeah. The dude. All right, so with that, we are going to go ahead and say bye-bye to Manos, the Hands of Fate, and we're going to head into intermission, but not before we say let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby
0: let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some kool-aid and some matching nikes Mm.
1: (laughs) all right chop shoppers thank you for bearing with us during intermission this is your host travis and i just have one question for you sean what is one way we could make our podcast more prominent Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us oh, yeah. subscribe. on iTunes. And, and, or and pin your friends down and, and force them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like
0: Make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people under them yeah. to
1: do it. and multiply. A podsy scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show, don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also, uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com/slash/cinema chop shop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's cinema chop shop on Podbean, and our Twitter handle is at cinema chop shop. We do a lot of stuff on there, like our movie marathon, where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in. And enjoy the rest of the show. And now on with the show all right welcome back chop shoppers thank you for bearing with us during intermission and we when we come back what do we like to do sean uh beer check-ins and we have a couple of on theme ones this oh absolutely week. what is the first
0: well the first one's from prairie artisan ales in oklahoma uh uh-huh. it's called punch which you know punch is essentially kool-aid uh-huh we're gonna drink the kool-aid we're gonna drink the kool-aid a sour ale with blackberry cherry and lime Mm. these guys generally make pretty
2: damn good beers so it looks kind of like cheer wine when you pour it too
1: well well actually at the jonestown massacre they were drinking flavor
0: aid
2: (laughs) that's right (laughs) low rent kool-aid you think they could have splurged just right at the end there (laughs) flavor aid man (laughs) says oh no Pretty res- pretty restrained. Yeah, that's you didn't, nice. You didn't put any
3: arsenic that. in this, right?
2: No, Did arsenic I... Or cyanide. I'd be more worried about like the mind-altering substances than the... I'm just going to talk in
0: endlessly the in the background until ones. you all start dropping one by one.
1: All right. While we enjoy that beer, uh, we are going to get into our 2020 movie marathon. And this is where Sean and I and Chelsea and Andrew... And Joey, you've been checking in some movies on Letterboxd. Yeah. I read um,
2: them in, on Letterboxd, yeah. Nice.
1: We check those in on Letterboxd and also on Twitter. And those of us who are doing the movie marathon, check it in with the hashtag twenty twenty movie marathon. And today is the two hundred and seventy sixth day of the year. And as of this recording, I'm on number three thirty. Chelsea?
3: Two seventy.
1: And Sean. Three forty one. Oh man, you're so close what is going to be your check-in, your first check-in, Sean?
0: Uh, I'm going to check-in. They're all cult movies, by the way. Okay, cool. Borderlands my first one. Uh, This is from 2007. Uh, Xenophobia gets cranked to the nth degree in this grisly cult flick inspired by the true story of the satanic cartel in Mexico. If you got off watching the Saw movies, you probably like this. There's a lot of just gritty murder and... uh,
3: There's a better story than Saw, though.
0: Yeah, there's because I mean, it, it, there's a nugget of truth, and I know they took liberties with it, but at its core, you've got three friends who go to Mexico to party it up after they finish high school, and uh, they fall into the clutches of this satanic cult and uh, try their damnedest to get the fuck back home. And oh, I should also mention Sean Astin is in this film as one of the
1: cult members. He is, and he's creepy. Samwise Gamgee. Yep, Rudy. And uh, Chelsea, did you watch this one as well? I did. And you're piggybacking on this? Yeah. Okay.
3: it's It's pretty gruesome. Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World is in it. Oh, really? Yep.
1: My <laughs> first check-in for this week is going to be number 327, and it's called Secret Society of Second Born Royals. And I started to watch the Alexandra Daddario movie, Lost Girls and Love Hotels. And it just seemed really depressing. So I turned on this uh, Disney Plus movie that's about the, the second born in a royal family. So they're not the heir to the throne. But, spoiler alert, they find out that at a certain age they develop supernatural powers. Oh. And they all team up together like um, some... Pansy Avengers. (laughs) My uh, review was, I don't think I'm exactly the right demographic for this movie. (laughs) Still engaging enough for a family film. I'm going to check in uh, Sound of My Voice.
0: Has anyone seen this?
1: Yes, I have.
0: 2011. It's my kind of sci-fi. It's Mm low-key, subtle story of a couple of documentarians infiltrating a cult whose leader claims to be from the future. Strong echoes of the Heaven's Gate cult. Yep. And uh, I really, 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 really like this one uh, because the ending has a good payoff. The director's name is Zal Batman Glidge. Wait, the director's little middle name is Batman? His last name is Batman, and then you add a G L I G. So it's probably Batman Batmanglidge. <laughs> but it's Batman Glidge. <laughs>
1: That's fucking awesome. Uh, Before I continue, uh, Joey, have you seen anything recently that you'd Uh, like to mention? I saw
2: Color Out of Space, or Color From Space, I think it's called. Uh, Yeah. It's not fucked up in the same way Is this the Nick Cage? Yeah. Yeah, Color Out of Space. This is more Lovecraftian. It's not a great movie, but it is worth watching. And Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting in that Nicolas Cage being the only real name in this movie is arguably the weak link in the movie interesting
0: it's a strange it has a really strange feeling of unease that carries really nicely through the whole thing
2: it does but yeah just it's it ends up being pretty good if you're going to watch color out of space watch the european version that shot mostly in black and white
0: it's called black and white out of space because when the color comes in it's a big shock to the system kind of like a wizard of oz kind of thing
1: cool Alright, the next one for me is going to be number 325, and it's just called Girl. And I watched this as part of the Alamo On Demand Fantastic Fest lineup. Uh, They did virtually this year. And I'm usually not a big fan of Bella Thorne. She's the lead in this. Uh, But this this performance is far and away better than anything she's done prior. I don't want to reveal any of the plot details because it's still, I think, pretty low on some people's radar. Uh, so yeah, check out "Girl." All right, all right. My last check-in yes. uh,
0: is going to be one that Joey liked. At least I think he liked it based on his review. It is from 1989, and it's called "Society." Oh, yes, oh, dude. Uh, this movie is your typical 80s passé kind of <laughs> class struggle, rich assholes being snotty to their to their uh, underlings, but. Until when you hit that third act, it completely rounds a corner and things get amazing. It's like Motel Hell with its quirkiness Uh and goofiness meets, you know, uh, uh, it meets David Cronenberg's body horror. Gotcha. It's fucking insanity. The new flesh and it's all practical effects, and some of them are bad, but some of them are
2: freaking amazing. And I was just like, best horrifying orgy scene. It's crazy. And the history of cinema. And
0: if you've
1: never seen this, seek it out. Watch it. I think it's on Prime right now. Wow. It's nuts. Um, friend of the show, Marco, really likes this movie as well. All right. <laughs> so my last check-in for this week is going to be one that I just saw today. And full disclosure, it is a whopping 56 minutes long. Uh, because I think that's how long your free Zoom sessions last. Ah. And this is called Host. From twenty twenty, the movie was shot in quarantine, and the entirety of it takes place on a Zoom call between six friends who decide to perform a séance over Zoom, and one thing leads to another haunted Zoom call.
2: Where, uh, where is this movie available?
1: Um, right now, if you go to Amazon Prime and you use one of their little add-on channels, mm-hmm. you can um, you can watch it there, and it's usually like. They'll do a a week free trial or something like that. Uh, So my actual review, picture a paranormal activity style horror over a Zoom call during quarantine, a little too reliant on jump scares, but I still turned off the lights and locked the doors. (laughs) I was watching it by myself. And uh, to be fair, I'm kind of a sucker for the found footage stuff. I liked me too, man. I liked most of the the paranormal activity ones too. Nice. All right, we got one more beer. Check. Let's do it, dude. I found this in the beach. You tell us what it is, though. This is from the guys
0: at D Nine Brewing in Lake Norman, North Carolina. Okay. Um, it's called Holy Goat. Holy Goat, man. It's got an awesome, awesome Baphomet type goat with wings and dripping ooze above him Uh and it's a maybach brewed with raisins very nice so you're going to be looking at a very high gravity german style beer Mm -hmm. what's a maybach
1: it's a high gravity german style
0: beer well it's (laughs) going
1: to on the sweeter side it's going to be
0: on the sweeter side and it's going to have those caramel notes that you expect from an oktoberfest kind of beer but it should have a little bit of an alcohol punch yep it it checks all the boxes. It's got a very rich, almost like a Werther's candy kind of taste to it. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, not my favorite style, but a pretty good example of one. Well, the weather
0: is perfect for it tonight, so
1: this is good. True.
0: This is the one time of year where it's really pleasant to be in the Chop Shop garage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. We're not sweating
1: our asses off. Or freezing. Or freezing. (laughs) If I fuck up enough, I can get some flop sweat for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... That brings us to the second part of our feature segment, The Recast continues. Part 2. Take the oath. The second coming. And the movie that we're going to be recasting is from 1984. And I just want to preface this with a story. Uh, when I was around four or five years old, my mom met my stepdad the man who would become my stepdad and later my adopted father. Uh, And on their very first date, she dropped me and possibly my sister. I can't remember because she would have been pretty young off at my aunt Vicky's house. And she let me watch parts of Children of the Corn at that age. And I was fucking traumatized. I wasn't so much scared of Isaac or Malachi. I was scared of (laughs) cornfields. Well, it was kind of creepy because it had the echoey...
0: You know, voice from it. And then, of course, you've got the corn, you know, parting. That was
1: the part, the the, under the soil part where the soil, like, it starts moving towards. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I found it very uh, creepy. But I never, obviously, at four or five, I'm sure I didn't watch the whole thing, which is why this week, when I did watch it in its entirety, uh, that's why I checked it in again. And you said it trivia, not counting the upcoming planned movie 2021 reboot or slash prequel there have been 10 installments 10 to the children of the corn franchise
2: i've seen about eight of them oh my god and <laughs> after the first three well,
1: the rest the it's th-
2: kind of like the hellraiser uh, yes. franchise in that there's way too many of them uh-huh. but none of them are really awful awful gotcha. except for a couple which are really bad so
1: after the third one the rest of the installments are straight, straight to video Divide- yes. type stuff yeah Children of the Corn, 1984, directed by Fritz Kirsch, based on a story by Stephen King. It's got a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like it could be a little higher. Yeah, it's not great, but it's better than 35, I think. As physician Bert Stanton, played by Peter Horton, and his girlfriend Vicky, played by Linda Hamilton, drive across the Midwest to his new job, their trip comes to a sudden halt, when they encounter the body of a murdered boy in the road. Now, we should say they hit him while he's still somewhat animated, but his throat has been cut. And uh, in trying to contact the authorities, Bert and Vicky wander into a small town populated only by children and one old gas station attendant. I thought that the harbinger trope from Cabin in the Woods was directly oh, yes. related to this guy. Following a sinister young preacher named Isaac Kroner, played by John Franklin, uh, who was how old at the time? Twenty-five. That's crazy. And we've seen recent, more recent pictures of him. Mm-hmm. We feel like he probably has some sort of uh, physical or mental, or not mental, physical <laughs> or medical uh, reason to why he looks so young. I think it's called Benjamin Button's disease. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, soon, the couple is fleeing the youthful fanatics who want to sacrifice them to their demonic deity, the Great Cornholio. (laughs) No, actually, it's he who walks behind the rose. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I always say you should stop and smell the rose. (laughs) So let's get into the roles that we're going to recast. First, we've got Burt Stanton, played by Peter Horton. People would know him from his his tenure on 30-something. Yep. And he was 30-something. He was 31 at the time. And then also we've got Vicki Baxter, played by Linda Hamilton. We've got Isaac Croner, played by John Franklin. And then Malachi Boardman, played by Courtney Gaines. Now, if I, was,
0: <laughs> if I was to
1: be scared by a character in this movie at the time, it would have been Malachi. In fact, thinking back on it, I thought he was the main bad kid. But he's really a subordinate of Isaac. Yeah, usurper. Doesn't, he doesn't like his role in the things, yeah. and one thing leads to another.
2: I think that I can trace my fascination with horror back to this experience because it kept me literally kept me awake at night mm-hmm. and scared the shit out of me. But I kind of liked it in some yeah, ways. Yeah. Um. And I was actually For the record, scared to this to... day. I
1: still can't eat cream corn. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well... So the roles that we're going to recast. First, we've got Burt Stanton played by Peter Horton, who is going to be your pick for Burt Stanton Chelsea.
3: Oh, uh, he's a dumbass by the way. Like he has no business being a doctor. Right. So, my actor was already talked about um by Sean. I went with Chase Crawford. Oh.
0: Oh.
1: My I have I have a theme. Okay. I kind of have a theme, but it's it's pretty much weak sauce compared to Round 1. Sean, who is your Burt Stanton?
0: All right, so in this Dr. in this round, I'm kind of upping the ante a little bit with uh, relevance and um, otherness with regards to these children and their kind of almost Bible-belty cultness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think
2: that's what attracted me to it at the time is because uh, mm-hmm. I, when I first watched this movie, I was mm-hmm. kind of first having the first stirrings of atheism. Mm -hmm. Why is
1: Isaac the only one dressed like he's Amish? Uh,
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So anyway, my pick, uh,
0: he is 32 years old, and I think, Travis, I think you picked him just recently. He was on Rim of the World to all the boys I've loved before uh, when we first met and the babysitter. His name is Andrew Batchelor.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A.K.A. King Batch. Yep. Uh, One of the only people to actually glean a career out mm-hmm. of Vine. Uh, so,
2: Joey, who is going to be your pick for Dr. Burt? My pick, uh, our listeners will probably know him from Friday Night Lights. Uh, my introduction to him was in the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. Mm, and ah. he was recently uh uh, the Star Trek-themed episode, obviously. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, he was recently uh, in I'm Thinking of Ending Things, a uh, Charlie Kaufman yep. joint that came out on Netflix a while back, which is great, by the way. I thought it was good. It's uh, it's in his style. It um, took me a while to piece it back together, and once I did, I, I, I ended up liking it more than I thought I did yeah. immediately after finishing it. Gotcha. But Jesse Plemons is my character. Jesse Plemons. Is my my pick.
1: Matt Damon. Matt Damon. (laughs) All right. My pick is uh, 40 now. He's in Dirty Deeds, 2001 Maniacs with Robert England, Hollows Grove, and Sound of My Voice. His name is Matthew Carey. There you go. Matthew Carey. We move it along to the next... Performer, the next actress, Linda Hamilton. This is pre-Terminator, isn't it? Um, slightly. I think it's pretty slight, close. Around the same time. Right around time. the same time. Yeah. Uh Linda Hamilton was twenty-eight playing Vicky Baxter and Chelsea.
3: Uh so my actress was in Girls, Peter Pan, and Get Out. Yeah. I went with Allison Williams.
1: Okay. All right interest. Sean, who's your pick from Vicki <laughs> Baxter? Uh, this
0: actor is 30 years old, uh, can be seen in The Aeronauts, EastEnders E-20, uh-huh. Tenet, and the movie that we liked, Yesterday. I like Yesterday.
3: I love oh. Yesterday. I went with
0: Himesh Patel. Himesh Patel is a boy. Uh,
3: you have a gay couple. I
0: have a gay couple. I love it. An interracial gay couple with a uh, Middle Eastern...
1: Islamic, your recast oh, is woke tough. as hell. It's Sean. So woke.
2: <clears throat> All right, and Joey, your pick for Vicky. This is based solely on her chemistry that she had with Jesse Plemons in. I'm thinking of ending things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her name is Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley. Is that, is that the
1: female lead in? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that movie was weird. I ju- I'm just now realizing that the female lead in this movie's name is Vicky. And my Aunt Vicky is the one who let me watch this. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Maybe I was tr- Maybe they were trying to indoctrinate me. So Linda Hamilton was 28. I can't find an age for this actress, uh, but she is in... Well, she's a British stand-up slash actress. Uh, she's in two movies, two feature films. The first one is called I Want Candy, and the other one is called Kill List, which is also a cult movie. Her name is Emma Fryer. And Kill List is by director Ben Wheatley, who also did Free Fire and some other notable projects. Who are we on now? Isaac. Isaac Croner. 25-year-old John Franklin. And Chelsea, who did you think about for this? Uh,
3: So my actor was in St. Vincent It. The Lodge, Knives Out. I went with Jaden Martell.
1: Was he the, the main boy in St. Vincent? Yep. I like that movie a I lot. I love that movie. It's, really, it's I think so that, good. I think that's the most recent movie that made me cry. Yeah. Sean, who is your Isaac? All right, so um, I went with a 23-year-old
0: actress who is going to play the part as a male. Mm-hmm. Um, she can be seen in Cyberbully, The Falling, Game of Thrones, and The New Mutants. She's a dead ringer for Isaac. I went with Maisie Williams.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Sean definitely wins the wokeness right? portion of this week's episode.
1: My next oh. uh, contestant is Joey,
2: who's going to give us his pick <laughs> for Vicky. Uh, I, I, the bar is was raised pretty high here about John Franklin's performance here. Because Isaac oh. is, and maybe it's just a function of... The first time that I saw it, I was way too young to see it, but Isaac remains one of the creepiest mm-hmm. teenage horror characters. Yeah. Uh, so I thought about other creepy teenagers from recent horror movies, and I went with also went uh, against gender here. Um, I think I'll I'll cast her as a woman though. I think we'll we'll play the woman. We'll play the role uh, as a girl, uh, Millie Shapiro. Oh, from Hereditary. Exactly. Nice. Good job.
0: Oh, she would be really creepy.
2: She's so creepy in that in that role, and Mm -hmm. I just I think she's probably typecast into playing that kind of role for the rest of her life. Get
0: paid, girl.
1: All right, my Isaac is yet another actor. I didn't get an age on. Doesn't matter. He's in a teachable moment, Anon, and Ready or Not, which I don't know if you guys remember. Ready or Not with Samara Weaving. Uh, but there's a cultish twist in there. His name is Ethan Tavares. Ethan Tavares. What?
3: I'm just, I'm so mad at you.
1: Because we have the same theme yes. again? <laughs> and Sean, who, uh, sorry, Chelsea, who is your favorite? Yeah, F you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Whatever.
1: Great minds think alike, Chelsea.
3: Yeah, but you're so mean to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> My Malachi, My actor was in Hereditary, Patriot's Day, and Jumanji. I went with Alex Wolf.
1: Alex Wolfe. Very cool.
0: Okay, so I went with an 18-year-old actor. Um, he was in the... I enjoyed it. It was a Christmas comedy horror flick, uh, Better Watch Out. Uh, he was in Jasper Jones, uh, Red Dog, True Blue. He was in Pan, hmm. uh, where he played Peter Pan, his name is Levi Miller, which is creepy enough for this movie anyway. Mm-hmm. But I got this modern
1: picture of him now. Whoa, dude! He looks like fucking Malachi. Malachi, Joey. Yeah, if you didn't, so well. if you didn't pick Carrot Top, I'm gonna to be
2: really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I did not pick Carrot Top. Who did you go with? Uh, I went with an actor who um, most people will, will most people will probably recognize from Annabelle. Um, okay. I actually am aware of him because he was in the Child's Play reboot, I think, or one of the new sequels, uh, and he is uh, his name is Gabriel Bateman.
1: Okay, okay, and yep. he
2: is, as far as I know, not any kin to uh, Jason Bateman, Jason or Justine Bateman. He yeah. looks a lot like Justin Bateman. Though. He does. Also, I, it's
1: I, pronounced Gabriel. <laughs>
2: What did I say?
1: Gabrielle.
2: Gabrielle. <laughs> Gabrielle. Whatever. Gabrielle. Oh, yeah. Gabrielle Joey's Bateman woke is too. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Joey's woke he's too. He's gonna be. He's gonna be Gabrielle in this movie. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of woke,
1: I also did a gender uh, swap on this recast. My Malachi is eighteen now, and the only feature film she has is *Hereditary*. Her name is Millie Shapiro. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think she could do either one of those roles. Yeah. Though. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. She's she's gonna do some things. All right. So, final thoughts on Children of the Corny? It's it's not a recommend, but it's one that you have to watch. It has to be. Something that you have a cultural awareness yeah, of. It has to be yeah. a cultural yeah. awareness of. It's got. It's got to be in your library.
2: It's legitimately creepy when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It's corny enough to kind of check that box of like 80s blockbuster horror. Yeah. It's a good horror flick. The
1: special effects, in terms of the like aurora borealis thing that happens in the oh porn god, field, that's awful. that was pretty bad. Uh all right, so we're saying uh, mild recommend? Yeah, real yeah. soft recommend. Real soft one. And so that brings us to our bonus segment, you guys. Are you excited? Yes. Because this is a musically-themed battle royale between The Cult, Lisa, Lisa, and The Cult Jam, and The Culture Club. Oh, my God. I've got mine. I, it's, it's a no no doubt. Chelsea?
2: Culture Club,
0: Culture Club. Yeah, Sean. Oh no, the, uh, the
2: cult. I'm taking the cult. The cult. Probably. I mean, I if mean, you, I you guys you probably. I mean, hit.
0: if you're talking about a real battle royale where there's yeah. actual fisticuffs, and I mean, the cult.
1: And so, as her representative in this room for my lovely wife Michelle, I'm picking Lisa, Lisa, and the Cult Jam. She's going to win head <laughs> to toe. <laughs> All right. So I want to thank you, Chelsea, for doing what you do each week. Is there anything you want to plug? Trivia. Trivia is back. Woo! Uh, the only Wednesday this month that we're not going to have trivia is the 28th, and that's for personal reasons. And... My um, birthday. Sean, uh, thank you for doing what yeah. you do. Yeah. Anything you want to plug, sir?
0: Just get your costumes ready,
1: folks. Get them ready. And Joey, Smoke great to have them you. if you got him? <laughs> great to have you back, sir. Thank uh, you. What do you want to plug? um buy my book so speaking of that i'm almost done with it last night i started apple the story Mm -hmm. apple which is close to the end and uh, speaking of star trek there's some star trek stuff Mm -hmm. in there uh really really good stuff man i've been enjoying it immensely and i know it's taking me all of quarantine (laughs) to read it (laughs) but that's just that's just on me i never learned how to read what's next week's episode sean Yay. I'll let Chelsea. What is it, Chelsea?
3: It's mad scientist.
2: Mad science. Uh, so I will not be here next week, but I might mail in a double feature. Oh, you should. You should. <laughs> That'd be Absolutely. great. Heck
1: uh, yeah. yes. Hit us on Twitter. Uh, it's at Cinema Chop Shop. Uh, so here is your sneak preview question and answer for this upcoming week's trivia. In the 1985 film Reanimator... While at the University of Zurich Institute of Medicine in Switzerland, Herbert West brings his dead professor back to life. The first and last name of the dead professor are the same as a character portrayed by the late Alan Rickman. What is that name? Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber is correct. (laughs) Awesome. So uh, we do want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps, all of them at the same time. Uh, We're hosted online at Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. Our Twitter handle is at Cinema Chop Shop, and our Facebook is Cinema Chop Shop. Our email is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. And the two beers that we checked in today, we will check those in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinnamon Chop Shop on there as well. Uh, Finally, I want to say farewell to you, the listeners. And thank you for listening. Black Lives Matter. Wear a fucking mask. And watch Watch Chop Retrofit. Tip your cult leader.